It is so good to see God's blessings on your life. Amen? Remember, I just came out of the drive-in service with horns honking at me all morning. All right, would you open your Bibles, please, again, back to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. I won't do a long review, but let us remember together that we've been learning how to put on the full armor of God. God wants us to be able in these evil days, in these days that are called seasons of darkness, that we have to learn to take a stand, and having done everything to stand, we stand firm. Part of doing that is putting on the full armor of God, putting on God's armor, and we've taken each piece of that armor one by one. Now, most of that armor is different from these last two. These last two, God changes the word that's used a little bit. When he says, take up the shield of faith, the Greek word literally means to pick up and carry with you. But when it comes to the helmet of salvation, which is the assurance of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema or the word of God, he says, dekomai. He says, receive or accept through all kinds of prayer and praying in the Holy Ghost. So we're learning that <laughs> if you don't learn anything else, pray more in Jesus' name. Everybody say, pray more. That assurance of salvation flows to us in a season of prayer. This rhema, God speaking specific words to our life, flow to us in a season of prayer. Now, don't get all stumbled by this concept of rhema and don't think that it's a weird thing. There's two different Greek words in the Bible that are used for word, the word of God. One is logos and one is rhema. Logos is like the general word of God. Everybody say the general word of God. And rhema is like a specific applied spoken word to you. It is as if logos would be the beautiful uh, well of water. That's the logos. The rhema is not different than the logos. The rhema is simply like God takes a glass of water from the, from the logos and serves it to you. This is why I've said the rhema is not different in its interpretation than the logos. It means the same whether it's rhema or, or it's logos. The meaning does not change. The meaning is not distorted. It means the same whether it's logos or whether it's rhema. But there are times in our life when God takes a passage of scripture, when God takes a truth and burns it into our hearts, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the rhema of God. Everybody say, it grows faith. Now last week we closed out learning how to respond biblically to the rhema. When, when God begins to speak rhema to our lives, how do we respond? When the sword of the Spirit is given to our lives, everybody say, given to my life. When God places in our hand, we receive that sword of the Spirit. How do we respond? Well, first of all, we need to understand that a biblical attitude is necessary. And the first thing I would say about that biblical attitude is the source of the rhema should not affect our heart toward the rhema. Everybody say, the source. Now, there's many sources of the rhema coming to our lives. It may be through prayer. Ephesians 6, verse 17 and 18, Young's translation lays out the Greek very well. And the helmet of salvation receive, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the saying or the rhema of God, through all prayer and supplication, praying at all times in the Spirit. He says, all right, whether it comes in prayer, you're, you're sitting down in your devotions one morning, praying and reading your Bible, 
And all of a sudden, God takes a passage and, and speaks it to your life. And, and faith begins to burst within your life for a certain situation. You've read all of your life that passage. By his stripes I have been healed. But one morning, God just takes it and burns that thing in your heart. And all of a sudden, you have faith for a healing. You have faith for a miracle. Everybody say, through prayer. Sometimes, Jesus speaks it to us. Everybody say, Jesus is alive. He's never changed. In Matthew 26, verse 75, and Peter remembered the saying, the rhema, the rhema of Jesus. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Now, we'll get more into this next week, Lord willing. But I want you to notice that Jesus spoke a word, spoke a rhema to Peter. And that rhema spoken to Peter in a season of darkness, that rhema spoken to Peter in one of the hardest times of his life when he's about to deny Christ is what sustained him. Everybody say sustained him. Now there are times when you're, you're, God will wake you up in the middle of the night and it's like Jesus is sitting there. You can't see him, but it's like Jesus is there in the room with you and he just speaks a word to your life. Now, whether it's through prayer or whether it's Jesus speaking something to your life or, or maybe it's a pastor. Remember, pastors are to preach the rhema. We are not just to preach the logos. We are not just to preach, you know, okay, this is what the Bible says, like, like, like some dead theology. No, when we preach, we're to preach the rhema. Everybody say, fresh. What does the congregation need to hear from God? This is why I don't believe in copying sermons off of, of great God Google. You, you wait before God and you get a fresh word from God. This is what the Spirit is saying to the church. This is what Jesus is speaking to the church today. The apostles were told in Acts 5 verse 20, go and stand in the temple courts and speak to the people all the words, all the rhema of this life. He said, don't, don't, go, go, don't go teach all that dead theology of Judaism that they've heard all their life. Teach them the rhema of this life. Acts 10, verse 22. And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, an upright and God-fearing man who is well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, was directed by the holy angel to send for you to come to his house and hear what you have to say. And hear your rhema. The Greek word there for say is rhema. Cornelius did not want to hear more Judaistic philosophy. Cornelius wanted to hear the rhema of God. What is that fresh word that God has given you for my family? What is it that God has given you? God sent me to, hear, to send for you because you had a rhema for my family. Preachers are to preach the rhema. 1 Peter 1 verse 25. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word, this rhema, is the good news that was preached to you. Now all of that just to say this. Whether you're sitting in a service and the Holy Spirit takes a passage of Scripture and burns it into your heart and mind, whether you're sitting in your devotions, reading the Bible and praying one morning, or whether Jesus walks physically into your bedroom at night and speaks a word to you, that Scripture, that rhema, you treat the same. Everybody say, if it's rhema, it's rhema. And as I closed out last week, I taught you, you don't treat that rhema Whatever the source, as if it's the words of men. It's not idle talk. Luke 24, verse 11. I'll go through this quickly because we taught it last week. But these words, these rhema, seemed to them as an idle tale, and they did not believe them. There are times that God will take a passage of Scripture, 
in the middle of your darkest hour. And he'll speak something that will explode faith within you for a miracle. That will explode faith within you for an answered prayer. And, and you can't look upon it and say, eh, this seems too good to be true. If it's too good to be true, it probably is. Folks, God doesn't just talk. When God speaks, when God speaks a rhema to you, he has a purpose in it. Never treat it as if it's idle words. Never treat it as if it's the words of men. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. We also thank God constantly in this. That when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the words of men, but as it, what it really is. The word of God which is at work in you believers. Everybody say, the word's working in me. But it can't work in you if you receive it as the words of men. Whether it's reading your Bible one morning in prayer, whether it's Jesus speaking to you, whether it's a pastor teaching you fresh words from God, you, you, you cannot treat it as the words of men. You have to treat it as if it's God speaking to me. Everybody say, God talking to me. And then you treasure those words. Now I'm going to get into this passage more later, but I want you to notice Mary. After the shepherds came and told her the rhema that they had heard. Everybody say, the rhema? they had been told. After those, after those men came and told Mary the raiment that they had been told out in the fields that night, it says Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. When God speaks a rhema to you, treasure it for the rest of your life. Now we'll talk more about this remembering in long-term situation in a few minutes, but I just want you to get right now, treasure it. Everybody say, treasure it. Say it again. When God spoke to Daniel, the battle, King David, the battle is the Lord's. David treasured that, and David lived with that rhema for the rest of his life. At some point, you have to have an attitude that, that God has spoken something to me, and I will treasure it. Everybody say, I will treasure this. Now, there are people that do not respond properly to the rhema. Some of these people are unsaved people. John chapter 12, verse 47, Jesus said, If anyone hears my words, my rhema, and does not keep them, I don't judge him, for I do not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my rhema has a judge. Now notice, there are people that when they hear the rhema of the gospel, they reject it. But they're not just rejecting the, the word that Jesus spoke to them, they're rejecting Jesus. Everybody say, the Word and Jesus. There are believers that respond very badly to the rhema. This week in morning devotions, I read you from Hebrews chapter 6, one of the scariest passages of the Bible. Paul said in verse 4, For it is impossible, in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the rhema of God and the powers of the age to come. Now, just stop there for a minute. I know this pe people don't like this because it doesn't agree with Baptist theology. Baptists teach that if you ever come down to an altar and pray a prayer, once saved, always saved. But Paul here is very clearly teaching that that is not true. He said there are people who have been enlightened who have tasted the heavenly gift. Everybody say salvation. 
And his word here for taste means a personal experience. Just like, I'm always trying to get Sister Bev to try spicy food. And I say, sweetheart, try this. This is hot Indian food. No. Try this. This has slap your mama in it. It's, it's a Cajun spice I like. No, she will never taste it. She has no clue what spicy food tastes like. She's always trying to get me. She makes this soup out of beets. She's always trying to get me to eat these, this beet soup. I don't Even my dog won't eat that. But she loves it. She's always trying to get me to taste it. I don't want to taste it. Now, I have no experience with that beet soup. And she has no experience with spicy food. You have to taste it to experience it. You have to what? Now notice, they tasted the heavenly gift. They tasted salvation. They had first-hand experience in salvation. And they've shared in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on these people. And they've tasted the goodness of the rhema. When God speaks his word to you, it's good. It's what? It's a good thing. And they've tasted of that goodness of the rhema. They've encountered the reality of God. They've been touched by the, a relationship with God. They've, they've heard God speak things into their lives. And they've tasted of the powers of the age to come. They've seen miracles. He said, now when these people fall away, it's impossible to bring them back. You say, well, pastor, maybe that, that's me. Maybe that's my son. Listen, if you're still concerned about your spiritual life, it's not you. Everybody say, you're not included. These are people that had everything. And I think this is a lot harder than people like to make it. I don't, I don't think this is just a, you get up one day and turn away from God. I think it's a lot harder to get away from God than people like to make it. But there are people that just say, I don't want anything more to do with God. They know God's real. They've experienced salvation. They've heard the voice of God speaking in their hearts, the rhema of God. They've encountered the Holy Spirit. They, they, they've They've seen miracles, real, genuine miracles. And one day, there are people that just walk away. That's a bad response. He said, it's impossible. You ought to make a list in your Bibles one day of all the things that God says are impossible. It's impossible to bring these people back to a place of repentance. But I just want you to see here, because I didn't want you to get confused by the passage, so I wanted to spend a few minutes on it. I want you to notice that when God speaks the rhema to us, it's good. Everybody say, it's good. Say it again. There are some who refuse to hear the rhema. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 18. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and a sound of a trumpet and a voice of words, rhema. Everybody say, rhema. And a voice whose words, rhema, made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. Now, Paul is talking about that day at Mount Sinai when the people of Israel told Moses, we don't want to hear God's voice anymore. You go hear God's voice and tell us what he said. I call that the saddest day in Israel's history. God offered every person in Israel a personal relationship with God. Every person. God wanted to speak to everybody. But they didn't want to hear the rhema. 
They did not want God to speak to their lives. They said, Moses, you go talk to God. We don't want to hear this anymore. Now, folks, that is a very bad response. There are some people that don't understand the rhema. We're just going through wrong responses here very quickly. There are some people who don't understand the rhema and they don't want to learn. Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 30. These are the apostles. And they went on from there and passed through the Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know. For he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. But they did not understand the same. The Greek word there is rhema. They did not understand the rhema and were afraid to ask him. Now why were they afraid to ask him? Look on down at the next verse. When they came to Capernaum, when he was in the house, he asked them, um, what were you discussing along the way? Why is it that you did not want to engage and learn? I was trying to teach you rhema, and you did not want to engage and learn. What, what, were, you, what were you so busy discussing? But they kept silent. For on the way, they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. Wow pride in their prideful conversation they weren't listening to the rhema of Jesus and they were afraid to ask because then they'd have to explain why they weren't listening beloved these are all wrong responses to the rhema when God begins to speak to us if we've been distracted by something else even by pride you humble yourself and you ask, Lord, what was it you said? What, what is it that you're trying to say to me, Lord? You never, you never treat the rhema like idle words as we taught you earlier. All right, now I've gone to go through those quickly. Everybody say wrong responses. Now let's talk about proper responses. Whether it's through prayer, whether it's through a preacher, whether it's Jesus standing in front of us talking. We must learn to understand that the rhema is always spoken for a purpose. Everybody say, God has a purpose. In Luke chapter 3, beginning with verse, oh, verse 2. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word, the rhema of God, came to John, the son of Zebedee, in the wilderness. And John began to preach. Now, straight talk, folks. The rhema came to John and he began his ministry. Some of you, during this COVID-19 thing, God has spoken to. In your Bibles, reading in your Bibles one morning in prayer, God began to speak to you. God began to take a scripture that you studied in the past and burn it in your heart. And you know that you know that you know that you're called. Now, John didn't say, well, now, God, you know, I know you spoke this rhema to me, and, and, you know, let's work on this in a few months. Let's work on this next year. No. When God speaks a rhema to you, he speaks it to you for a purpose. Everybody say, time to get started. Remember, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the rhema. He's trying to put faith in your heart to do something. You look at John's father, Zechariah. 
Luke chapter 1 verse 13. And the angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. God spoke to his father for a reason. God spoke to John for a reason. God speaks to you for a reason. Respond. Everybody shout, respond. Say it again. Don't just, oh, that was a nice thing that God said. That, that's treating it like an idle word. When God speaks something to you, respond. All right, this is to create faith in my life to do something, to receive something. Now, how do I act on this? Respond to God. Secondly, we must submit to the rhema when God speaks it to our lives. Luke chapter 1, verse 38, we sing it as a song. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your rhema. According to your what? Very submissive heart. God spoke rhema to her heart, and she said, May it be to me according to your rhema. God speaks some scriptures on healing. Submit to it. May it be to me as you have spoken. I receive my healing in Jesus' name. God speaks words of prosperity that your needs will be met according to all his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Respond and say, may it be to me according to your word. I thank you that all my bills are paid, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that all of my needs are met. Respond. Everybody say, respond. Say it again. Respond with a submissive heart. When God speaks the rhema to you, respond with a submissive heart. Respond with expectation. Luke, 21, or excuse me, Luke 2, verse 15, I told you we'd come back to these guys who talked to Mary. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing, this rhema that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us expectation. God said that the Messiah was just born over here. God spoke Raymond to us. Let's go check it out. Everybody say, let's go check it out. Say it again. So we respond. We respond in submission. We respond in expectation. Let me give you another illustration of expectation. Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and he was a, this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took up the child in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you have let your servant depart in peace according to your rhema. According to your what? Rhema. Now look at how this man lived a life of expectation. God spoke a rhema to him that he would see the Messiah. Now that, was, that man lived a very interesting life after that because the temple courts are a huge, huge area. But as you begin to study the times of Jesus, you realize that there were places that different groups would meet in the temple courts. 
there was a group, an area where the righteous gathered. Everybody say the righteous. These weren't the politicians. These weren't the corrupt. These weren't the sinful Sanhedrin. These were good people that loved God. Everybody say the righteous. And when it came time for Joseph and Mary to have their child, what we would call dedicated, to have Jesus dedicated, they didn't go to the Holy of Holies. They didn't go to the Sanhedrin court. They went to the place where the righteous gathered, where they found Anna, a true prophetess of God where Simeon hung out. This is where the righteous hung out. So here's this guy. God spoke a rhema to him. And he knew, I'm not going to find Messiah in the holy place. I'm not going to find Messiah in the, the, the courtyard of the Sanhedrin. I'm not going to find Messiah in front of the treasury. I'm not going to find Messiah among the politicians. I'm going to find Messiah among the righteous. And he said, you know what? God, you spoke that to me, and now I can depart in peace because you fulfilled the rhema in my life. Everybody say, expectation. Are you learning? Can I, hello? Can I teach you some more? We have to remember that the rhema is not time-bound. When God speaks a rhema to your life, it does not have an expiry date. Acts chapter 1, I'm sorry, Acts 11, beginning with verse 15. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as he had on us at the beginning. Peter is explaining to the Jews about the Gentile salvation. Now listen to what Peter says in verse 16. And I remembered the word. I remembered the rhema of the Lord. I remembered the, the rhema of the Lord. How he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I should stand in the Lord's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Luke chapter 24 verse 8. And they remembered his words. They remembered his rhema. Everybody say, remember the rhema. There was a time in my life when I knew that God healed, but I really didn't believe much in healing. When I left Bible college, I've been taught all the reasons why God did not heal. But nobody had ever taught me about that God did heal. I saw it in the scripture, but I didn't have any faith for it. And I can remember as your pastor, 23 years old, kneeling with my little red pillow that I kept for years in front of that little white couch with all the holes in it. And I would just sit there and read my Bible. And just sit there and read my Bible and study and say, Jesus, I, I got to remember, folks, in those days we were poor. Nobody had money for doctors. Nobody had money for hospitals. And I said, Jesus, how can I help people? I, I don't know how to see anybody get healed, but, but I see it in the scripture. And I would cry out to God. And one morning, I'll never forget, I'm down there kneeling next to the couch, praying and reading my Bible. And all of a sudden, faith began to flow in my heart. All of a sudden, God just took scriptures and just boom. All of a sudden, faith came by hearing the rhema. Now, there, there was no expiry date on that. I've, re I've remembered it until this day.
I remember during the revival days, right here, God began to just download all the verses on light into me. And I began to have this whole understanding of the light of God. And to this day, I remember that. When God speaks a rhema to you, that will leave faith in your life for a lifetime. Everybody say, for a lifetime. Just like King David, the battle is the Lord's. He walked in that rhema. He walked in that revelation for the rest of his life. Now, for some of you, God is going to speak something into your life. He's going to take a glass of water from that logos. And he's going to quicken scriptures to your life. And there's going to be faith for things. Faith for your business. Faith for your profession. Faith for your family. There's going to be faith that has come into your life. And you just have to remember the rhema. Everybody say, remember the rhema. This is why I tell you, sometimes you need to write down things that God has spoken to you. Because for the rest of your life, those things are going to stay there. You need to remember the words he spoke to you. Everybody say, remember. Too many Christians think, well, God just gave me a word to get me through this situation. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to get you through that situation and every other situation for the rest of your life in Jesus' name. Sometimes we need to um, pass the rhema on. Luke 2, 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying, the rhema that had been told them concerning this child. Again, referring to the shepherds in the field. They passed it on. When God has birthed faith in you for something, you pass it on. Everybody say, share it with others. Say it again. You sit down in your connect group and you say, you know, God just spoke this word. God just took this scripture and made it alive in me. And, and oh my goodness, this, this thing's burning within me. You share it. Everybody say, pass it on. But one last thing I want you to see here. John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words, my rhema abides in you, ask what you wish and it will be done. There are two things I want you to see in that verse. The rhema needs to abide in you. Everybody say, remain in me. You need to hold. When God speaks rhema into your heart, you need to hold on to that rhema. Please don't forget the parable of the sower and the seed. Satan wants to steal the word out of your heart. Don't, don't forget that parable of the sower and the seed. Persecution wants to destroy that, that word that God spoke to your heart. Please don't forget the parable of the sower and the seed. Deceitfulness of riches, the worries of this life want to choke that word out of your life. This, this is one of the saddest things I've seen as a pastor. I watch people come up out of poverty, and I watch God bless them, and I watch God prosper them, and then I watch them change. I say, what? Yeah, I watch them change. The deceitfulness of riches. And it chokes the rhema out of their life. Rhema that they used to have that, that birthed faith in them for miracles and for finances and for growth in their businesses. And, and all of a sudden, one day, they're living in total failure again. The worries of this life. 
the deceitfulness of riches choke it out of your life. You, have to re you just have to decide. This rhema that God has spoken to me is going to be a part of who I am until I go to heaven in Jesus' name. Everybody say, hold on to it. He said, if this thing abides in you, if you can hold on to the rhema, ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the rhema. But you've got to hold that rhema in your heart. And when you've got that rhema and you're holding it in your heart, ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Now, now that just brings us full circle. The rhema comes into our life. We receive it through prayer and it causes answered prayer. Would you stand with me, please? I threw a lot at you tonight. And I did preach longer. Hallelujah. Now, we're not going to be getting back into two-hour services yet. Don't worry. <laughs> but I could go a lot longer on this sermon. Go back and meditate on these things. Go back and let these things stick within your heart. It is a very precious thing to sit there with your Bible in prayer in your devotions. And the God of the universe notices you and speaks a passage of Scripture to your heart. It is a precious thing. Submit to it. Live in expectation of it. Remember it. Hold on to it. In Jesus' name. I, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. There are passages that God spoke to Sister Bev and I 40 years ago as we were just starting to be your pastor. And we still remember and hold on to those things today. Never turn, when God speaks something to you, brothers and sisters, it's precious. Now, it's not weird. It doesn't disagree with the scripture saying context. People say, God spoke to me. I said, show it to me in the book. Well, it's not in the Bible. Then God didn't speak it. <clears throat> I'm, I'm a Bible person. The rhema comes from the logos. Everybody say, the rhema comes from the logos. Remember, Jesus is the logos and he speaks the rhema. Keep all of that theology straight and you won't get weird. But hold on to what God speaks to you. Hold your hands together. Now, beloved, in these days of lockdown, God has spoken some things to you. God has taken some promises from the scripture and made them alive in you. Don't let the worries of this COVID-19 life choke that out of your life. Those promises will be as real now and 10 years from now. Move forward with what God is speaking to your life. Father, I lift to you, your people. Father, we, faithful are you who has promised. You don't say anything, Lord, just to talk. When you speak, you speak for a reason. 
You encourage your people. You lift your people. You grow faith in your people. Father, in the name of Jesus, let them see the reality. Let them see your reality. Let them see the miracles. Let them see the situations turn around. In Jesus' name, amen. Campus pastors, would you come?